Welcome to episode 9 of Soundproof. We're back again. We're following up episode 8 with episode 9, as it should be. My name is Brendan Lewis. I go by MrBDog46 on the internet. And uh, this week, uh, it's a little bit new. I'm trying this thing where I'm joined by uh, Jake Muller. He goes by uh, Major wow. Bowman on Thank the internet. Thank you for having me, Brendan. And it's just, he's kindly decided to come on my podcast <laughs> this week. Before, before we go further, I need to stop you. You can't say howdy. I am the one that can say howdy. I can say it. Please ironically. do not. Please do not appropriate my culture. <laughs> I live in Texas and I go to a school whose motto is howdy. So. I've been to Dallas twice. I think. I think I. <laughs> I think I get I've been to Boston it. twice, so I guess I can say I'm from Boston you too. Pock your car. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I parked my car. And the, uh, I don't know what I was going to say after that. It's the anyway. Hobbit, the Hobbit, yeah, welcome to Soundproof, everyone. The. Uh, <laughs> The podcast where we're always on topic and never follow rabbit trails. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think we've made that name for ourselves at this point. So anyway, we're back with episode nine. And uh, just before we get started here, we do have the tiniest bit of housekeeping to go over as we continue to kind of like tweak the way that we do things here uh, to try and optimize them, uh, optimize the podcast for ourselves and for our listeners. And this week, after optimizing previously for ourselves by changing the schedule from thursday to friday which again <laughs> is entirely jake's fault um yeah uh-huh we've decided to do a bit of an optimization for you the listener this week um so we are uh very aware that our podcasts tend to run a little bit long um, yeah so like looking at all of our podcasts three of eight have gone under an hour and a half which wasn't our goal like we've even had one go over two hours and that was the world's preview one so i think that would we get a little past for that one mm -hmm. but like our last three have been an hour 48 an hour 43 an hour 43 and we know that's a little bit long uh i the podcasts i generally listen to never run that long and so we wanted to make a little bit of an adjustment we're going to kind of cut down on some of the uh segments per se that we do in the beginnings so like the latter instead of running through 20 teams uh, we'll just do 15 uh, this week and probably from here on out. Uh, and then the tournament results, we're just going to focus on regionals and other majors, uh, larger than regionals for now. Uh, if there's some like unique MSS that's either very large or has a very unique cut, or again, some you know premier challenge that is unique in some way, we'll probably still hit on it. But you know, considering most of the reported uh, mid-seasons that we're finding these days come from Spain mm -hmm. uh, and nowhere else, that segment just kind of seems like an update on Spain's meta, which isn't super relevant for who I believe would be most of our listeners. <laughs> right, and I think that we're also kind of at the point in Ultra Series where it's like lame duck format at this point. Um, yeah. A lot of the teams that we talk about can be a little redundant. Um, so, so I think it makes sense to cut down on us, you know, talking about Kang Torn for the umpteenth <laughs> time um, when they show up, well, because obviously it's going to be cutting local events and everything like that. So yeah. um, in the interest of brevity and relevance which i think we've said a couple times on this show that's all you uh, that's your phrase you said it once i said not not necessarily brevity and you made sure that brevity was <laughs> a key, key piece of what we were talking about but anyway yeah we're gonna try and cut it down and of course we will leave the second segment of our show untouched yeah for now, which tends to you know produce the most unique and interesting content in our opinion anyway so we'll leave that alone yeah, I didn't want to touch that at all. Like we were talking before we started recording this, and we were like, you know, like those second halves uh, with our guests always tend to be like super interesting conversation. Uh, in this case, we actually recorded that second half before this half, and so like we already knew what was happening in the second half, and it's impossible to go back and cut some of it out. And uh, 
like re-record because the our guest is in a bit of a different time zone than us as you will see when he mm-hmm. comes on but uh, that part we consider to be like the meat of the podcast and this is kind of the appetizer segment where we talk about some other you know not trivial stuff but not as you know deep and conversation heavy stuff right so uh, i think that's it for housekeeping so without further ado we will jump into our dash 09 pokemon this week which jake said he was excited about i think he alluded last last episode to having some good things to say about number 409 which we'll get into (laughs) but first as we continue our kind of like tour through the you know first couple of pokemon in the entire series we are on nine this week which is of course blastoise 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 is like kind of vanilla for me i know that might be like a a hot take an Mm -hmm. unpopular opinion as they say Mm -hmm. but like i've never really been excited by blastoise i usually liked venusaur the most and then uh would have picked charizard after that it's not bad Mm -hmm. it has a mega it's you know it exists fine yeah, <laughs> it has cool niches and singles when it's like a bulky water spinner and like has yeah. good coverage moves and stuff like that. Um, I think the biggest Blastoise pitfall is that it doesn't have Follow Me access anymore, which would have like I allowed know. it some degree of VGC relevance with like Fake Out mm-hmm. Follow Me and like water typing. Um, I think I mentioned this last week uh, when we were talking about War Turtle that Blastoise wasn't originally a part of like the Squirtle War Turtle line. I thought that was oh, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. Po- the other thing, oh, I always like to talk about this is uh, like the red and blue speed runs are very reliant on Blastoise, which I think is really, oh, really? interesting. Yeah, why it's, is that? It's I, like there's like a, a meta, and that you know some of these games that have been speed run so much, um, it's because it gives you super easy clear of Brock and Mount Moon, I think, and that's kind of like the early part of the game where there's the biggest variance. So once you get past mm. like some of those earlier areas you can clear a lot of the later stuff much easier um when you have your levels and stuff as i understand yeah so anyway there's blastoise 109 is a pokemon that is necessarily near and dear to jake's heart being the tier leader that he is is coughing (laughs) uh i mean yeah coughing is the smogon mascot but i i've liked coughing for like ever whenever i was super young and like watching the pokemon tv show i was always a big fan of james and his coughing and wheezing and so uh, Weezing is actually one of my top five favorite Pokemon. I, I, I can't really rank them outside of Victoria number one, obviously. Was that before uh, its Galar form? Oh, yeah. I've loved Weezing forever. Oh. I have, like, a Weezing plush. It's one of my plushes that's out on my dresser right now. Interesting. I love it. I'll talk more about Weezing next week. Uh, but coughing is cool, too. It's a, I love purple, uh, and I like the whole, like, concept of, you know, this thing puffing out gas. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. I just like it. You can have that one, <laughs> I guess. Uh, number 209, as we head into Johto here, is Snubble. Um, that line has like always been really forgettable for me, I think. Back when yeah. it, was, it was at first just like a normal type, and then it was just like <laughs> a fairy type, and it has Intimidate. Like you, you would think an Intimidate fairy type might be pretty cool, but it's like pretty bad. I don't know. Yeah, like... I think the only time it was relevant is when it first got that fairy typing and everyone like new toy syndrome it and kind of messed around with it for a little bit, but it's never really been relevant mm-hmm. in VGC. I like think at Gary all. Chan used it once, didn't he? I mean, what hasn't he used? <laughs> but I think he placed well with it. Oh, it was, um, it was in 17 when he was using Granbull Snorlax, like Granbull Snorlax <laughs> trick room stuff. 
Oh, you know, yeah, Granville Snorlax. Obviously, Granville Snorlax. <laughs> one kills the fighting types and the other one kills everything else. Um, 309 is Electrike, which is a line that I've always really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like a Hoenn fanboy, and, you know, it being like an early game Electric type was really cool. And I'm a big fan of Minetric as well. Um, but Electric itself, the, I, I remember uh, it was always really hard to train because it doesn't get spark until like kind of late, so you have to survive on like quick attack and bite. It's the same with Shinx. Yeah, Shinx it's it's a lot of those like early game Pokemon where you just have to like pay your dues before you get yeah, to actually yeah. like use the Pokemon for real. Um, number four hundred nine is Rampardos, which Jake yeah, apparently yeah. has a public service announcement or at least something to say about <laughs> Rampardos. No, it's forgettable like, to me. <laughs> Rampardos is a really it has a good place in my heart because in 2015, me and Abe uh, Seiko built a Rampardos team. Mm. Uh, and it was originally just as a joke. We were like, oh, a super strong rock slide and head smash and blah, blah, blah. It was something we used for fun. Uh, and then one time I was playing in a Nugget Bridge live, like mm. one of those live tournaments I used to hold. Uh, and it was a seven-round tournament, and I was streaming it, and I used that Rampardos team. And I had like a running count of the number of kills Rampardos got, and mm. I was like intentionally trying to force them. And it got up to something like... <laughs> I don't know, 13 or 14 in seven rounds. <laughs> like, it was crazy. So it actually took a lot. Like, well, if you're forcing oh, yeah. them, I guess you could do it with any number of Pokemon. But I, Rampardos I mean, I wasn't necessarily forcing it, but it was like, does it was like the main damage. offensive Pokemon on the team. The team right. was Metagross, Talonflame, uh, Hitmontop, Amoongus, Gastrodon, oh, oh, Rampardos. Okay. It's like purely a Rampardos team. That's like yeah, so you like Tailwind, support. you redirect water with Gastrodon, you have Amoongus. Right. It was really fun. Did yeah. you know that spread Rock Slide... Oko Salamence from Rampardos with Life Orb. Well, I do now. I yeah, think, it's I think, really strong. <laughs> I think Jamie had one of those Rampardos calcs in the... Oh, man, I gave it away. Our guest <laughs> one of those calcs in, <laughs> well, in they'll the, see second, the title anyway. The second half of our show, but um, he, he mentioned that, which we can allude yeah. to now because we did it first. Anyway, 509 is Purloin. Super forgettable for me, actually. Meh. Meh. It's Aside from the fact that I recently found out that it is a pure dark type and not, in <laughs> fact, a normal dark type. Perloin is one of those mons that you always have to see a million of in like the first two routes of a game, and you just get super sick of it. Yeah. And it has like no redeeming value if you catch it. It's just a terrible Pokemon. It's not even like well designed. It's like a cat that stands on its two legs and looks really <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> like, yeah. Get on all fours. Um, number six oh nine is Chandelure. I uh, love which Chandelure. Which is a cool, really cool Pokemon. Yeah. I think it's like pretty universally liked as a Pokemon overall, except maybe by Pokemon players, because as I recall, it's kind of miserable to play against. Oh, yeah. um, I always remember, like, in the very, very early black and white days when it was leaking, and mm-hmm. because it was leaked in Japan first, or it wasn't leaked in Japan, it was released in Japan, so we were getting all the information, and right. um, everybody was, like, just blown away by the base stat, which has, you know, since been creeped, but the yeah. the, the base 140 special attackers at 145... Uh-huh. It's one and, of those. And then there was, like, a rumor that it was going to get Shadow Tag. And then people were, Well, like, it had Shadow Tag for its hidden ability. Losing their, oh, it did get it. That's right. Yeah. It just never... It was never released. Yeah. And that got changed to Infiltrator. Cool. Boo. I guess. Or was it Infiltrator or Flame Body? Uh, one of those I think two. it's Infiltrator is the hidden one. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't have Shadow Tag anymore, which was, like, the big thing. That would have um, been disgusting. <laughs> yeah. There's no need for that. No. <laughs> Uh, number 709 is Trevenant, um, which, as I voiced last week, is the less cooler of the Ghost Grass lines. Um, but it's all right. It's like kind of a cool Pokemon. It's seen, it saw a tiny bit of use in 17, I think, on, yeah. as like a like an alternative Trick Room Setter. 
Yeah, it's a cool month. You know, it's October. It's spooky season. Yeah, we have a. It's the time for our you know friends with the uh, ghost typing and Halloweeny themes. So Trevenant sure. fits here pretty well. I, I like it. It's a really cool design. Sure, it's uh, allowed. Yeah, I think it's fine. It's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> it can stay. I'll allow it to exist. Not all of the Pokemon <laughs> this week are allowed. Trevenant is. Uh, and then a final one, uh, as we are getting close to the point where we'll be cutting out, I think this is actually the last, this is the last of the one, additional yeah. one. Yeah, is is Melmetal, which is the last Pokemon by number that exists at this time, um, which is cool. Uh, Ash has one now, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, he, I think it's his first mythical, right? Uh, I think so, I yeah. I think it is. Maybe it's his first legendal, or mythical or legendary that he's actually captured, right? Yeah, quite possibly. I don't yeah. remember if he's had any other legends. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of cool. Um, cool Pokemon. I think it's it's like animated really well. Um, yeah. In definitely. the anime, where it like swings its arms around, like yeah, and, like they're attached to rubber bands, and like it's it's cool looking in the anime. It looks like it should be pretty rigid, but like I think the point is that it's kind of fluid yeah, it's like inside. Fluid it's, metal. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah, really cool, cool Pokemon. Yep, definitely. We'll never see it in VGC, but it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for nine. We will be cutting one down as we go into the the tens next week. Uh, what is number ten? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see how many I can get through where I can actually name like the Cantos <laughs> off the top of my head. Is Blastoise and then what is it? Caterpie is number ten. I think so. I think it's Caterpie. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> um, but we'll jump into the ladder here, and as Jake mentioned a little bit earlier, this is one area that had five teams as the casualty. Um, so all of you ladder climbers who are desperate for uh, a shout-out on our show, <laughs> you're going to have to try to aim a little bit higher. <laughs> yeah, well, um, we've cut down just, just five teams. means we got to get the best so. of the best now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, yeah, starting so our first team of the night is actually not the only time it appears in this list, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a team of Solgaleo, Evoltal, Salamence, uh, Taipu Koko, Incineroar, and Gastrodon, which is kind of cool. I, like, Solgaleo, Evoltal is something... Tommy used and I stole. We in, talked like, about it this format. moon series, I think. When we were building our Nats team, we had oh yeah yeah, yeah. About that is something that came up. I, I think that was that. like the first the first iteration. Like that was like the first it was. Paste, you, paste you sent me before I was like, okay, Jake, this like, the, or maybe you <laughs> came to it on your own that like this can't be. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's because I it, Tommy gave me that moon series team right, like a were, couple weeks after Dallas. And that I was loved a, it and used that was a, a soak team. Yeah, that, it was. That, was, that was like a soak team, weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, so I, was, I expect, had that but... in my head, and I tried to remake it, and it ended up being really bad. Yeah, but I think this is a good version of it. This seems pretty solid. I think I had the first five on paper at one point, or in in the builder, but I never would have <laughs> like thought to use something like Gastrodon without Rayquaza. Yeah. Um, the next team is same restricted pair, mm -hmm. which is a thing now apparently. Um, <laughs> But features Tapufini, Ludicolo, Scrafty, and Naganadel. So this is like very this different is a approach. Moon series team, like literally. Is it actually <laughs> not literally, but like it could be. Oh, okay. Like, cause like, like Ludicolo was really big back when Scarfogre was the wave. Right. And then I don't. I mean, Scrafty and Naganadel just kind of appeared. Yeah, you're kind of right. Really the, what they're doing. the first four, at least, definitely do kind of yeah. look like they were built in in much the same way that um. Uh, those Zygarde teams were being built in uh -huh. series where it was like, okay, like Water Spout is going to be a problem for anything right. that this wants to do. <laughs> so uh, we either yeah, pick I mean, Toxic Croak or Ludicolo. Toxic yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next team is a team we've seen before. Xerneas, mm -hmm. Kyogre, Metagross, Incineroar, Tornadus, and Amoongus. Um, I kind of like that variant of, of the Xerneas, Kyogre stuff. I don't like always have a huge problem getting rid of Kangaskhan. 
Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, there's yeah. some times when it just like doesn't do a whole lot, and a lot of times the Incineroar uh, Tornadus lead can serve a lot of the same purposes. Um, if not it, better purposes, with yeah, U-turn it opens too. up U-turn, U-turn, uh, Tailwind instead of always yeah. having to like be faking out or like going for damage or whatever. Um, but anyway, X-Ray is next on the ladder with Gengar, Tapulele, Incineroar, and Amoongus. I think this is a unique six, but is I think it is that like it has to be like Life Orb, Birth Power, Ray, right? You would think so, yeah. That just gets murdered by Stagatek otherwise. Well, and uh, Groudon. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this seems like a much more offensive take on X-Ray. Like, a lot of times, the four mons that aren't X-Ray on X-Ray are, like, much more defensive in nature, like Tepu Fini. Uh, like, Incineroar Amoongus is standard, but, like, in this case, we have Lele and Gengar, which are much more, like, in-your-face offense type of mons, and so mm. I guess this is a more of a variant that tries to, like, hold so the pedal down it, instead yeah. of uh, kind of tap on it and hit the brakes sometimes, too. Yeah. Yeah, it looks weird without Tapu Fini, but I'm a... It really does. I'm a Lele fan recently, <laughs> so... Um, the next team on the ladder is Spain Rain, as mm-hmm. that continues to be a metagame-defining team at this time. Um, it it seems like this is, that's going to be like the final word on, on uh, Ray Ogre as we come to the end of the format here. Right. Um, there are only you know so many majors left. Not a ton of innovation going on, it seems like. But the next team on the ladder is another Solgleo Iveltal, it's the same reason. as number one. Uh, no, yeah. it has a oh, Whimsicott's on the next the next line. Uh, sorry, I saw, I saw Whimsicott. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the same team as number there. one. Anyway, the yeah. next team uh, is Kyogre Rayquaza, Metagross, Tapu Koko, Incineroar, and Whimsicott. So yeah, like pretty. I feel like we've seen this six mm, at some point. At least something resembling it. Yeah, yeah but it's they just, all kind of run together. <laughs> yeah, a mishmash of the last you know handful of supports that can be yeah. in there. Whimsicott's a good one though. Yeah. Uh, um, the next team, Necrozma, Dawnwings, Groudon, Kangaskhan, Tapu Fini, Amoongus, and Stack Attacka. So that's interesting because that seems like almost the kind of team where you'd be expecting like a non-Ultra Dusk uh-huh. main instead of a Dawnwings. So th- I wouldn't be shocked if that's like a like a, a Lunalium Trick Room version. It, I like, could see it that. It seems like it could be. I could still see it being Ultra too, mm-hmm. uh, but the Stack Attack Amoongus could possibly indicate Trick Room. I definitely agree there. Yeah, I think Fast Earth Power is like a lot to be said for that sort of team because otherwise, yeah, for sure, Grout, like Precipice Blades gets in your face. Yeah. Um, the next team: Necrozma, Dustwing, Groudon, Salamence, Tapulele, Stack Attack, and Jumpluff. Uh, so it's Tommy's team with Jumpluff over Smeargle, which like isn't awful. I think that's actually kind of it's all not right. terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a I mean, they do similar things. Like, yeah, rage powder. You can't redirect sleep. grasses yeah. with Smeargle, but otherwise you have rage powder, like you said. And it's just powder. like just a faster sleep, I guess, which flips. Yeah. Like, and uh, it has some really cool moves. It has Encore and Helping Hand. Yeah. Um, I, I, it so gives like, you there's the a bunch option of options there that you have to respect. To like, uh, if you're not running Scarf Lele, you can like check Coco with certain leads. Or even if you are running Scarf Lele, you can switch it in and sleep it because yeah. Coco is like something that can give. Necrozma some problems. That's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Um, maybe it's just Tommy on a, an all. Um, <laughs> I doubt I, that. He would never <laughs> drop Smeargle. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the next team, Kyogre, Rayquaza, Tapu Koko, Incineroar, Crobat, and Ferrothorn. The two forbidden ones on one team. Must kill Xerneas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's 
I, I honestly we've seen that before too. I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about they it all run together, Arthur. like you yeah. said. That's... Yeah, but that's definitely like the anti Xerneas mode on Ryogre because Ryogre, Coco, and Cinderor just folds to Xerneas after it's boosted. Right, and in a similar vein, uh, it's the same five but with Nihiligo over Crobat on the as the next team on the ladder. Yeah. So it's the same idea, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but without the Tailwind option. Moving on down is the only Groudon on Eveltal of the week with Metagross, Tapu Koko, Incineroar, Venusaur, and that's obviously the team that Joe UX has been terrorizing the format with. Like I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought Venusaur was over, and then it was uncancelled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really get Venusaur in like a Primal's meta though. Like it's... I know it saw some use in 2016, and it's like being used now. But as soon as Ray comes in, Ray just kind of invalidates it. Yeah, it's it's like a scary Pokemon, though. So, like, if you don't have Rayquaza and you don't have, like, Tapu Fini or something that it can least, like, prevent sleep, it's just, like, yeah. you, you get into playing four-sided coin flips, you know, where <laughs> three of them you lose. Uh, True, yeah. The next team is an X-Ray with uh, Fini, Incineroar, Salazzle, and Amoongus, so doubling down on the Fire-type fake-out users, which is yeah. <laughs> interesting. So a um, debate that we will be having later in this podcast is Incineroar versus Salazzle. Uh, and uh, this person just decided not to have that debate and use both. Por que no los dos? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moving on down, Kyogre, Quaza, Kangaskhan, Tapu Fini, Incineroar, Stakataka. And that is something that's a little bit different looking and kind of intriguing. Yeah, I don't think we've seen Kang with Ray at all this year. Uh, kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I think that Kang does support Ogre pretty well, like fast fake out with mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of damage options on its own with double edge and even like a <laughs> flinch mode with bite. Uh, really flinch can't be mode. too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, I guess if you're not playing against Groudon uh, and you don't need Rayquaza, then Kang might do a little bit better job next to Kyogre, so I, I kind of respect it. Yeah. And then like and the rest of the team is just kind of... Rayquaza is still okay, a, good a useful Pokemon even when it's not Mega. And it, that was True, some, yeah. something that kind of fell out um, in the in the change from 16 to 2019 Ultras, we saw a lot uh, in certain par- portions of 16 with people using like Mega Gengar and Rayquaza yeah. on the same team, mm-hmm. and there hasn't been so much of that. Like it's a lot heavier on the Rayquaza, um, like as a, as a presence on the team as opposed to just like an airlock bot, which was yeah, it seemed definitely. like it was at, in some cases. The last Pokemon team on the ladder is uh, Xerneas, Groudon, Salamence, Tapu Fini, and Cinderor, Kartana. Uh, those first five being pretty standard, and then Kartana being the, the choice of six there, and even that yeah, six I mean, is even, kind of standard I was gonna at this say, point. Yeah. yeah, that six is pretty common. So not anything that you're shocked to see, but remains a strong <laughs> you know team in the archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the ladder, the top 15 teams that Jake was able to pull this week. Do you know how many it was out of? Uh, in the twenties. In the twenties, okay. Yeah. So we're still doing pretty well with, you know, not a ton of like important majors coming up. Right. Um, and speaking of majors, we have one to discuss, uh, which was Knoxville, which had yes. its fair share of drama. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is something that uh, I don't know. I guess we'll avoid going into. I think everything that needed <laughs> to be said was said. That on horse Twitter. has been beaten to death. I think. Uh, at this point. Yeah. So we will kind of just jump into the results here, and of course, uh, the winner and runner-up are uh, Kyle Livinghouse and uh, Joe Castiola, who are good friends and were trip buddies, and that's all that I'll say about that. But it was <laughs> kind of an interesting final in that regard, given that you know. Uh, you see this a lot in the community, but players that like test against each other, uh-huh. and are, 
in each other's head and they've played against each other even on stream before so it, it becomes less of like your teams matching up and more of like who can get one step ahead of their friend right <laughs> i think even without the the other drama surrounding you know them at this tournament I, like i know the two of them are like super close friends and mm -hmm. like seeing them both make finals at a tournament is yeah, really it's cool. super exciting and yep. like i know that even though like kyle beat joey i know joey was super happy for kyle and super happy with how he did himself and so stories like that where you can like see that you know these two people that have been working together for a while and are pretty close friends you know both have this great success is really nice right and i think the other thing that's cool is they both kind of like took what was you know quote unquote their team um with kyle you know winning the tournament with kang torn which was something that uh -huh. he was you know instrumental in popularizing although of course he was originally in favor of the como mawile variant that right. we've said more than enough about and ended up winning the tournament <laughs> with what's become a more standard variant of the team featuring the Incineroar and the Amoongus. Yeah. And uh, Joe has been playing Xerneas Lunala since, you know, before Sun Series, Sun Series <laughs> even started. Right. He had been playing it in, like, the online ultra tournaments that were being run in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he was, who like, the popularizer of Lucario. Um, I believe so, yeah. So the idea of Xerneas Lunala fighting type is certainly not a new one. Uh, but using Glade in the fighting type yeah. slot is a little bit of a new idea. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense uh, when you, you just kind of, like, project the importance of a fighting type for that restricted pairing specifically, where you could you just get to, like, punch Incineroar in the face. You get to punch yeah. Kangaskhan in the face. You get to punch, punch Attack, Attack, Attack in, in the face. face yeah. Right. So you can use basically any, like, Pokemon in that slot that can pick up KOs at minus one. And Joey's opted to use uh, Gallade here, and I think he said that he had Wide Guard and Helping Hand on it. If I, I believe recall. so, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's kind of an interesting Pokemon in the sense that it comes from the Gardevoir line, so it has all these like really interesting tech moves. Oh yeah, that or support moves. Like it gets like Encore, uh, Ally, Ally Switch, Switch. <laughs> like, like Taunt, Willowisp. Will <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's got some things. weird stuff for a fighting type, but right, yeah. Like, I think the wide guard, like you said, is the reason he used it. I, I, he definitely right. wanted that wide guard in his team. Mm. Uh, and then Helping Hand is so huge with both Lunala and Xerneas. Right. Uh, like a Helping Hand Moongeist Beam, Helping Hand Moonray's Menacing Maelstrom, and then anything boosted from Xerneas is terrifying with Helping Hand, too. So he said that, you know, in, in talking to him after the tournament, he said that Gallade did exactly what he needed it to do. So right not something i ever would have expected to see in finals at a tournament but clearly the right pick for this team all right and, and and again it like makes sense where if you're basically just picking you know something that learns close combat and then yeah. you know figuring out what kind of tech moves or support moves that you want in the other slots and it gets does it get is it steadfast or inner focus it's inner focus it's inner focus. It has steadfast in normal form I'm oh sure. that's what it is that's what yeah. probably why i can remember um, so it's also like a nice fake out check in that sense, mm -hmm. given that kind of Kang Kang has been on the rise recently. Uh, but anyway, that's the finalists in top four. Were uh, Joe UX nine running the team that is? I got <laughs> like lost Uniquely to it. His. <laughs> I lost to it at Atlantic City, and this is why it's just like, uh -huh. really annoying. Is I, like I didn't think that sleep was something I had to prepare aggressively <laughs> for, so all I had was the Tapu Lele. So he just led Venus. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't play Joe. I played. Um, Sir Chicken, but it oh, was yeah. just like I had nothing to do against Venusaur <laughs> other than like lead two things that could kill it and hope that he missed a sleep powder on turn <laughs> one, <laughs> um, and he didn't. Um, but yeah, that team has been all over the ladder, has results in various tournaments, and yeah. has kind of been pretty important towards the, the latter stages of the meta here. 
Um, and then in fourth here uh, was Azernia Sunala Lucario Lele Incineroar Namungus, which is you know pretty well established. I, I think Smeargle tends to slide into the Amoongus slot in some cases. Yeah, that's so. the one I've seen. That's the one I accidentally got CP with in, in uh, one of those online ICs you this year. You accidentally got CP with it? Well, I was like, I was playing some games in between studying for my like PhD qualifying exam, oh, okay. and I would just like accidentally won a bunch of games and accidentally got top thirty-two. Oh darn! I'm just so Ugh. good at this game. I ruined my CP this season. It was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's kind of ironic that this team made uh, top four in a tournament where the kind of the OG XL player also was in the top, and so mm-hmm. it's kind of like the changing of the guard of XL in a way, like yeah. the the old has been cast out by the new, and Gelly has taken over the reins from the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess speaking of, you know, old versus new, like the yeah, very next team, number that, five, yeah. is yep. that, you know, Como Mawile version of King Torn's Earned Don. Which Keith swears by, which is really annoying. He's like, he's like convinced that that's the best. <laughs> like he he took it to a mid season a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, anyone who doesn't think Mawile is good on this team is an idiot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Keith. Okay. <laughs> and I, like ironically, he lost to Kyle and Cut too. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> he kind of has to eat but... his words in that regard. But yeah. <laughs> um, Alex Underhill was uh, at six. Uh, I think this is a unique six, at least in the sense that it has two steals, but it is Ray Ogre. Uh, well, those two steals. I don't think yeah. I've seen that combination. But Rayogre, Metagross, uh, Coco, Incineroar, and then Celesteela being the last one uh, is, you know, not a shock to see, but I'm not sure that I've definitely seen that before. I don't think I have either. Right. I get, like, it makes sense. We keep talking about Rayogre having a terrible Xerneas matchup, so throwing two steals on it that wall it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong, you know? Yeah, makes sense. Uh, at seventh is James Evans with his first Masters cut. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's running Xerneas Groudon with uh, Kangaskhan Tornadus, and then Amoongus and Hitmontop. Um, so like the Kyle version with top and save. A little bit, right, like with the fighting yeah. type option. Uh, right, Because obviously true. Stack Attack can give you know Kangtorn its share of issues. So it makes sense in kind yeah. of the same way that having Gallade there to you know punch stuff in the face does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, rounding out the top eight is Jeremy Rodriguez, who has brought Cresselia back from the dead. Um, is this the first crest cut we've had on Ultra? I don't know if it's like the first ever crest cut. I'm sure that it got CP at some point, but I mean, like at a regional or above. That's I, I'm I mean. not sure. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't think that it. That, I, I wouldn't think that it is. Like if I was betting, I would say yeah. that it's probably got CP from somewhere, uh, but I couldn't tell you what it is. Um, yeah. I thought its demise was like pretty well documented and understood, <laughs> given that not like, exaggerated. It doesn't deal with Incineroar, and Eveltal is a little bit more prevalent. This Lunala, format. Lunala, and also yeah, Lunala. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, I, th- I saw. So when we were talking in Monarchs earlier about uh, skill swap mechanics, and mm-hmm. someone asked, someone like asked like a trivia question, like if if Crest skill swaps you know, primordial scene, blah, 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 with these speeds and whatever, you mm. know, which ability gets activated first. And I think it was K-Swaz that said it just gets Moonguys beamed. And it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that's interesting it, from but... uh, this cut, though, is that I th- all of the X2s that made cut lost in top eight. And I'm pretty sure that Keith said he was the lowest uh, 6-1. Oh, so the seeding is just like top to bottom there? Like, no, that like, can't be right because Keith played Kyle, and <laughs> Kyle was the first seed, so Keith oh, okay. had to be. Wait, no, that's not right either. I don't know. 
Because Keith Kyle? was six one, he couldn't have been eight, so Kyle was, couldn't have been one. Was Kyle, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is maybe Kyle wasn't the first seed. That's possible. I think Joe might have been the first seed. Who I don't knows? Know. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, in the end, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> yeah, you know, all um, the all the five twos made it. Or sorry, lost in top eight, and then um, I'm trying to remember. I thought Keith said that he was the lowest six one, and so if that was the case, then um, the four bottom seeds in top eight all lost in top eight, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. It's probably happened before, but not too common. Right, but th they do get you know an extra twenty CP up on uh, the other X twos who are yeah. all in top sixteen here. As we'll run through that real quick, uh, Ian McLaughlin showing up in top sixteen mm -hmm. uh, with. Um, I know we've seen him run those kind of like weird lele sets before, but he does have Xerneas Lunala with Kangaskhan, Tapu Lele, uh, Kartana, and Smeargle. It looks a lot like you'd expect an Ian McLaughlin team to look. I think that he <laughs> kind of just like slaps those last four alongside any restricted pairing. Right. It's still kind of like... Uh, Ian it, loves it's, it's, Smeargle Xerneas. Right, yeah, he loves like. it. And, and I think he was, you know, using Kang Smeargle a lot back when that uh -huh. was a, a thing, when Dark Void and Power of Punch existed. I know um, a while ago he was using, like, absolute min-speed Lele yeah, in order to lead it against Feeny. Right, I don't know if that's still dream. what it is, but it certainly yeah. could be. Yeah. Um, at 10th is uh, George Tifferman, who's running Xerneas. It looks a lot like uh, Hiroshi's team. Uh, I'm sorry. I was thinking Necrozma. <laughs> but anyway, it's Groudon, uh, Necrozma, Salamence, Tepu Lele. Uh, Umbreon there, and then instead of uh, the Kangaskhan, he's opted for a Venusaur, so it looks mm -hmm. like Joe UX9 is leaking into some other archetypes <laughs> here. Uh, at 11th is Ashton Cox with Xerneas Groudon, Kangaskhan, Tornadus, uh, Incineroar, and then Annihiligo instead of what tends to fall into the Amoongus slot there, but I, I think that's kind of interesting because it gives you a potential Trick Room option, yeah, uh, like Clear Smog. If you want to bail out of Xerneas, Mirror is a little bit harder. Kind yeah, of I'm not sure I've seen Nihiligo on tech. King Tom yeah. before. It's kind of cool. I like Nihiligo a lot as a Pokemon, but I'm not sure if it entirely fits right here. I, I kind of like it there, honestly. Like I don't like the archetype as a whole, but it kind of makes sense <laughs> as to why it's there. Uh, at 12th Fair. is Cedric Derushi, who continues his early season tear here. I think he's in first in CP, if I'm not mistaken. Something um, like that, yeah. I would have to double really check, well. but I'm pretty sure he's he's got an invite already. I know that. Yeah. Uh, but he's uh, eschewed his uh, Eveltal Hitmontop team in favor of <laughs> Ray Ogre, Gengar, Tapu Koko, Incineroar, and Celesteela. So it looks like it still has a lot of the same Parish Trap elements that were right. uh, in his previous team, but Sans bad fighting type. Um, <laughs> At 5-2 is a team of, uh, I almost said Xerneas again, Groudon, Eveltal, <laughs> um, Gengar, Tapu Koko, Incineroar, and Landorus, and that screams Parish even a little bit harder than Cedric's team does. Yeah, definitely. This is almost certainly a Parish Gengar, which you know makes sense. I think the standard is Feeny over Koko, but I like Koko on that kind of Parish team because it gives you another pivot. So Right. I can't really complain about that. I think Gengar Coco is like the lead in a lot of those. Like that's what you do when you want to set up your parish mode. That makes then you sense. Can, you can like volt right into Incineroar and have Fake Out on turn two. Um. Anyway, fourteenth uh, place is maybe the most unique team of the tournament, and it looks like Low Ladder <laughs> is leaking a little bit. Uh, it is Rayquaza, Ho-Oh, uh, Tapu Coco, Incineroar, Landorus, and Toxapex. Toxapex. Which is one of those things that is all over low ladder. For whatever reason, people in the 1000s just absolutely adore Toxapex. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I don't know. It's a poison type that's really fat, so it beats Xerneas or something like that. Does it? I, well, it learns haze. Like, like. Yeah, yeah. It, it has the tools that would make you think that it <laughs> might be like a serviceable Pokemon. Like, it has Wide Guard. Baneful Bunker is cool. It and has, I mean, it actually it has haze, and then like obviously anything that can use Scald next to a Rayquaza is going to do a lot of damage <laughs> to Groudon. So it. Like, I'm sure that it beats a lot of things one on one with like Toxic Recover, Baneful Bunker, like yeah, stall kind of you stuff. Yeah, just can't but... kill it. Yep. Like in two on two, that just doesn't really work as well. Right, right, exactly. Like it's a, a high tier OU Pokemon, but yeah, like I like top it's, tier. <laughs> it's cool that it got CP. Like it, it kind of makes yeah. sense. Like you would think that if you're going to use it at all, it would be next to Rayquaza. So there it is, fifteenth um, place uh, team, and I think Justin said he went O two to five two, which is kind of cool that he snuck huh. into CP there. Uh, yeah. Is uh, the same team that Alex Underhill was using. I think they did yeah. a lot of building together. Is uh, Ray Ogre Incineroar. Uh, Coco and then Metagross Celesteela again. Yeah. And then the final team, which was the only four three <laughs> to get CP, is yeah. uh, Groudon, Dawn Wings Necrozma, Mawile, Mega Charizard Y, according to this graphic, and then Lele Smeargle. So I don't know what the hell Mega Charizard Y is doing there. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought we all just agreed that that wasn't going to be a thing a long time ago. But I mean, like, it why still would has you just use Solar Power Charizard? <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you were going to go that route, like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like, pretend to understand it. Whatever. <laughs> hey, it still got C. It didn't go a year without getting CP, so good for it. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, like with all the megas that were getting CP at a lot of the local events last weekend, it was like a uh -huh. whole thing. Like you could have just used it there. You didn't have to bring it to a regional man. Right. <laughs> whatever. I'm proud of Charizard. <laughs> it's trying its best. Uh, but anyway, that's gonna wrap up uh, our first segment here. Um, so as I leaked and as you're seeing in the title anyway, we are joined by uh, one James Boyt, uh, Jamie Boyt of <laughs> Europe. Whose name is definitely James, no matter what he tells you. <laughs> Please call him James. <laughs> um, but he is, you know, one of the best players in Europe and one of the best players in the world right now. And of course does have that reputation for himself of using some of those offbeat Pokemon, which we will refer to as niche mons for the uh, remainder of this session. Uh, so we've talked to him a little bit about that, some of his team building values, his you know play style, and uh, if you're somebody that likes to experiment with some of those unique Pokemon, he's definitely the person that you want to be uh, yeah. taking his advice. Yep, we had a really cool interview with Jamie coming up, so you know, just wait a few seconds while I play some cool music and... Uh, Splice these two segments together and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back, Cottony lovers. Thanks for sticking with us over our short break here. We are very excited to be here with the second half of this week's uh, show. And we alluded to it a little bit, but we have a very exciting guest this week, and we are joined by none other than Jamie Boyd. Jamie, welcome to our show. Hello. It's great to be here. I didn't know there were more than one Cottony lovers, so this is good. <laughs> well, now you know. You got a little look into the inside. And uh, Jake, would you please go ahead and introduce our guest here before we uh, dive into our topic? Of course. For those unaware, Jamie is one of the best UK players of all time. He has two top 16 finishes at the World Championships, uh, most recently at the 2019 Championships, 
where he, I believe, was the first seed after Swiss in day two. Uh, and then yes. he has also won three regional championships. Uh, he top 16 the 2017 uh, Brazil International Championships as well. So very accomplished player, uh, both locally and internationally. But most importantly, the NPA8 MVP for the Melee City Monarchs. The most yes. crowning of his achievements, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, definitely definitely the most important. <laughs> without a, without any semblance of bias. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> of course um, not. So for uh, those of you, and hopefully most of the people listening to this podcast know who Jamie is, you'll know that he is uh, well-known for uh, selecting Pokemon that fall uh, into what many would call an outside-the-meta category, although maybe he would disagree with you in that regard. <laughs> um, but that's uh, using Pokemon <laughs> that other people... Um, you know, don't tend to use is kind of uh, the way that Jamie's made his name alongside all those fantastic finishes that Jake uh, just listed off. So, so that's the reason that we wanted to have him on to talk a little bit about, you know, how and why and what uh, go on with, you know, the selections and the usage of some of these uh, Pokemon that Jamie has piloted to all of his finishes over the years here. Um, so Jamie, we we just uh, we'll start out by just kind of asking like when and and why did you start out um, you know using Pokemon that are you know kind of coming out of left field as opposed to like trying to you know start or learn the game out of something that's a little bit closer to like you know the meta game. I I, th I think the when is straight away really because um, the first right ever regional the I went to um, yeah the f first regional I went to I I used what people would consider some strange Pokemon um, that had like Charizard X Superior um, Lucario Tokus things like that mm -hmm. um, at that point I was just going for fun mm -hmm. like I, I I had built a semi serious team I didn't really know what I was doing um, but apparently it turned out I did know what I was doing somewhat which was quite surprising <laughs> so. Um, and then, and then it, it just kept on going from there. I was just going going to PCs, just using fun Pokemon, still ending up winning with those fun Pokemon for some reason. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever ever really been a standard player. Um, I've definitely tried out the standard stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you need to have played the standards to um, be able to counter it, I think. So I, I have definitely tried out the standard stuff, but it just doesn't gel with me for some reason. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure why. Well, that was going to be my next question. If if you've played all of this, like, or some of the standard stuff before, what is it exactly that like keeps you coming back to some of the the off meta stuff? I think the main thing for me is um, like team preview stuff. Mm -hmm. Immediately, I have an advantage against my opponents if I'm using off meta stuff um, because I'll know the matchups against the common stuff, but they won't know the matchups against the uncommon teams. Um, so it immediately gives me an advantage if I'm able to make a successful off meta team. Right, so so that so it gives you like the the edge and team preview and um, I'm sorry, I just like completely lost my train of thought. So Jake, please by all means, if you have well, a yeah, question for so Jamie, <laughs> that kind of leads into something though. Like if if you're using all these off meta picks all the time, do you kind of expect people to know what these off meta Pokemon do, or like generally, like one example, just out of random, if you picked a Pokemon at random, say like Mime Junior and you had it on your team for a valid reason. Like, I'm sure the reason that you've picked this random Pokemon that happens to be Mime Jr. in this case is valid, and it has this role on your team. But would you expect someone else to know what it is? 
Um, well, the Mime Juniors, for a start off, is going to be a Chris Elliot that needs fake out and helping hand. Oh my God. That's why you would use it. <laughs> and, 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 and also so you can set Trick Room without being roared, because Mime Junior oh, gets soundproof. Wow. Well, um, see, like, he came so. ready, guys. <laughs> it's because it's soundproof, Jake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah. There we go. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think I work under the assumption that everyone knows what um, my Pokemon will do. Mm-hmm. In the, in the sense of they will know what the Pokemon can carry, right. but not what it will carry. Um, because I, I do I do tend to um, run... Pe- people would, would probably label it gimmicks, but um, I definitely think they're techs instead of gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Um, where where I, I tech something onto the team to help with a matchup that would be very surprising for, for other people. Um, I think... I th- I think where it's a tech for you and a gimmick for everybody else. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think that's fair. I, I think like the first example that came to mind was my fling salazzle. Oh, um, yeah. People would probably initially say that was a gimmick, but that that helped my matchup against so many things. Um, just in general, like being able to flinch anything slower than Rayquaza mm-hmm. again after the fake out is is good in pretty much any matchup you're going to face. So I, I I definitely wouldn't think that that would be considered a gimmick, even though a lot of people would. Yeah, and like that example specifically, a lot of Pokemon like Raichu and Weavile have run Fling in the past before, like pretty successfully. And I don't think that anyone would have looked at Salazzle and said, "Oh yeah, that's going to be a Fling's Rockmon," because I don't mm-hmm. even think like I wouldn't have known that Salazzle had Fling until I saw you using it. And so, like that kind of thing, I fully agree. That's more of like a tech than a, a gimmick in that case, especially because you know it's it's something that's been proven to work on other teams yeah. and other Pokemon, so like, why not apply it here if you can, too? Yeah, I, th- I think that the knowledge thing as well, I, th- I think I have above-average knowledge of what off-meta Pokemon can do, right. because I use them so much, so maybe, like, I, I'm, like, I'm a little bit biased towards how much knowledge should be known about the Pokemon, and maybe I think that something should be known, whereas the opponent won't, and that could end up um, hurting me and catching me off-guard in a sense. Right. I, think... I, expe- I, ex- I expect them to think my Pokemon would be doing something when they don't expect it. Yeah, yeah. They make the a different move. I think there are some things that you could probably apply that to pretty reasonably well. Like, if you're using some random, like, Wide Guard or Tailwind mine, like, okay, people know, like, what gets Wide Guard and what gets Tailwind for the most part. But uh, there are some instances, like, a Fling is another good, exa- good example of this, I yeah, think. I but... would not claim to know the distribution of Fling. Yeah, so <laughs> I think it kind of depends on what you're, you're using this Pokemon for. If it's something that is unique to that Pokemon, then it's probably going to be more... Yeah, but, but you, can, you can also use knowledge or expected knowledge against people as well. I think the best example is my um, 2016 Aegislash. Uh-huh. Um, it it didn't run White Guard. It had Shadow Sneak over White Guard. But I would make so many plays like against a Groudon that could go for Precipice Blades. Yeah. I would make the play expecting them to Fire Punch. So then I would just protect the Pokemon next to Aegislash, leave it in Blade Form and just attack, even though I... I um, could have just got KO to the Precipice Blades. I thought you were so going to say Static Punch there instead of Aegislash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 was that was the, that was suboptimal. I I I, but I I think it was right at the time though. Okay. Because elect, electric types were less common than skill swap. That's my argument. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, that that was still funny. That <laughs> Static Right Shoot was the was the play. Uh, so typically, like. When when you're you're like using, I guess we've been calling it a niche mon here. You tend to you know like carve out a role for it based on some of the things that it does. Like uh, that's unique to the other Pokemon in the game. Have you ever used a Pokemon that 
you know, has the same niche as something that's closer to the meta just for an information advantage. Like, like for example, if you were going to use, you know, Salazzle instead of Weavile just to fling, would you, would you like drift towards a less common Pokemon that does the same thing just for the information advantage? I don't think so. I think I may have done nearer the beginning of my VGC mm-hmm, career. Mm-hmm. Like, g- going into this world, the last change I made was Incineroar to Salazzle for my world's team. Mm-hmm. Like, I, w- I was fully prepared to bring Incineroar to <laughs> really? Worlds. Really? Yes. I, ac- I actually was. Like, w- w- like for Worlds, I-, I definitely wanted to win. I was prepared to use whatever it would take to make me win. And uh-huh. if Incineroar ended up being the correct Pokemon, then I would. But Incineroar came onto the team naturally rather than just, hey, I should put Incineroar on this team because Incineroar. Mm-hmm. Um, it ends up supposedly filling the roles that I wanted, even though in practice it didn't. And then ended up changing Slazzle. I'm fully prepared to use the um, the more standard stuff. And I think that's it's quite an interesting comparison. Like I think you could very easily compare me and Ashton Cox. Yeah. Um, I, at one at one point, like a few years ago, I was called the British Ash- British Ashton Cox. <laughs> um, but now he's he's kind of gone from off meta stuff more towards the standard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then he, he's he's come across loads of success, so it's definitely working out for him. Um, so I, I do I do wonder if I should maybe copy him and start to use more standard stuff because it seems to be working out for him, who used to be an off meta person. But I have tried that, and it still just doesn't work for me. Just like it, it, it's much much better if I I use the off meta stuff. I also think if we were talking about Ashton, I also think he's improved like as a player too, like. It, Especially going looking back to like 2014 when he had that you know, run at nationals, uh, and he was using what like Specs Heliolisk and a lot of other weird <laughs> stuff on that team. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the team was weird, but he was also like playing it well. And then when you look forward a few years, like he's had all this time playing. He he plays the most out of anyone probably. Like his play point count is probably about thirty thousand times greater than mine over the course of our careers. No, so, yeah, true. Like he like. I don't. I don't know if I would attribute it just to the more standard quote-unquote teams, even though, you know, that might have made a difference for him. It might just be him, you know, defaulting to that kind of thing instead and using his experience. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. And also, his most recent departure from meta teams was somewhat unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a Linala Solgaleo at Worlds, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so Jamie, most of the the time, like the 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 off meta Pokemon that you use tend to be like um, supportive, and as opposed to you know like a sweeper, or like an offensive Pokemon on the team. And obviously that kind of makes sense in a restricted format, but has also kind of been the case with the exception of maybe Cloister, which you were just talking about. So why <laughs> do why do you feel like you know most of the the off meta Pokemon that you use tend to fall into supportive roles as opposed to like offensive roles? I think that's probably how teams should be built because you should build around a core and then build the stuff around the core mm-hmm. to to help with matchups so maybe the core is three pokemon now you need techs or um pokemon to counter the things that would um hurt the core so then that's where the niche pokemon come in um it's it's a much more organic team building process um going from like literally from scratch rather than just having a core, throw on Incineroar, Finny, and Amoogus, and then let's have this last Pokemon to fill a role. Right. Um, being able to go through 
from the very start adding each individual Pokemon, um, you end up with the core and then you end up with the Nishmons outside the core. And then that does tend, like, I, I would say that does tend to be more supportive in a sense, but then um, if you look at maybe my banded Excadrill from um, Sun and Moon, mm-hmm. um, that that's definitely not a supportive Pokemon. That was a niche Pokemon that filled the role I needed, and that was just super strong with its with its choice band. Yeah. So now maybe my my niche um, speed swap Feromosa in 2017. That's that's a supportive Pokemon, but that's also very strong. So that can be a sweeper if it needed to be. That's true. And you know, just as a brief aside, I didn't know that that, like, for all the times that you posted screen grabs and chats, I did not know that it was banded until I ran into somebody using it on a ladder, and I was like, what the Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but no. I had just never found that out. Um, no. So yeah, to go off on it... it was great. Yeah, it does a lot. It did a lot of damage. Um, <laughs> to go off the the point that you just mentioned, then, why do you, why do you feel like... Um, as far as like a team building process with some of these Pokemon that you tend to kind of like tech them in as like, uh, like patching holes or filling roles instead of trying to, you know, take something like, um, I don't know, like Rampardos, for example, right. Is theoretically a very strong offensive attacker that, you know, has weaknesses that are unable to overcome. Why would you try and like fill holes with Nishmans as opposed to taking something and trying to build around it? I'll, I'll just start off by saying, did you know that Choice Band Rock Slide from Rampada Soko's Coco? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not shocked in the slightest. I knew that Life Orb <laughs> is pretty strong. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it under Trick Room in 17, that was good. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, it, I, I think it just goes back to the, the throwing on like throwing on Incineroar in, in the place. Like, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people will just default to that and they won't ever explore like if you see some of the screenshots of my team builder i end up with like fi- i end up with like a five pokemon core and then i have like a list of 30 oh, pokemon going yeah. up yeah um copying pasting every single team going up with a pokemon that can fill in the role right um so i so i go i go through so many more pokemon in the slot than it needs to be in um than most average people would if they're just throwing on like finny into that slot i go through every single water type i go through every <laughs> every single fairy type that could go through so it takes a lot longer, but it's much more rewarding when you actually find the actual Pokemon that fills the niche you're looking for. I remember you posted something in Monarch's chat at some mm-hmm. point this year that was like, yeah, I'm uh, finishing this team, and I can't decide what water type to use, and there, there were literally like 12 at the <laughs> like bottom of that base <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for, for my um, 2018 Polyrad. World team, yeah, that was, that was, that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah for, for my 2018 World team, I, I think... Um, I sent Tommy a thing saying, oh, I've, wor- I've worked out the five Pokemon and I narrowed down the last slot to 42 Pokemon. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, just, just 42. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it was 42. It was, it was all, the, all the Pokemon that could Oko Finny without a Z-move, including things like Bandit Slacking and things like that. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so, so I literally went through everything That's to Oko okay. Finny. So how are there 42? Because, because it was one thing to talk about, okay, we're trying to fill the Finny slot. We look at water yeah, types, yeah. we look at fairy types, you know, uh, we look at things that get safeguard. But Bandit Slacking doesn't go in the same slot as a tap. So, <laughs> so how do you, like... What is what is the thought process behind trying to fill a slot with Pokemon that do so many different things but are still like in the same slot in your head? Usually, you're you're trying to fill, I think, maybe three things um, that you'd want to want to accomplish with the Nishmon. Um, if you're just accomplishing one, then that's probably a bit too broad. Um, mm-hmm. Like the Oko and Finny, that was forty-two 
give or take Pokemon. I think it's <laughs> two. Um, but, w- but when you have three things that you want, um, the example that's coming to mind is my Breloom for Worlds. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wanted an Oko on Stack Attacker. I wanted Helping Hand on the team. And I wanted to keep Spore because it was still an Amoongus. Um, it, w- it was an Amoongus before it became a Breloom. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to keep those things. Like Obviously, Breloom is the one that's going to fit that role. Um, yeah, like ha- having multiple things that you need the niche Pokemon to do really narrows it down to what you can get. And you were up to forty-two Pokemon, all of which did the same three things that you were looking for. Oh no, that that, that one that one was just one thing. That, oh, like, just, okay, because okay. that that, that, right. that that was that was a Como O team. So I wanted that slot to Oko Finny oh, without the team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, those those that was like a crackhead archetype anyway. So that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I ended up with Life Orb Thunderasterians. So oh, okay, that's relatively standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that wasn't yeah, like a yeah, team. It, it did seem to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the same. I, I think he had taunt as well because I had taunt, um, life orb taunt, because hmm. it, it would help with the Charizard matchups, obviously as well. Yeah, true. So, yeah. Wait, Como struggle oh. with Zard? That's a different. Never mind. Different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the, the Como doesn't. Yeah. Everything around the Como true. does. <laughs> Jake Jake is ready to talk about expanded decks formats again. Oh my god! Please <laughs> <laughs> save me. Um. So uh, let's let's just briefly depart from like the broader discussion and talk just about where we are in like a GS Cup format right now. Um, so in the second half of the the season, at least like from Worlds, you've been favoring that one uh, Necrozma and Xerneas archetype. But do you feel like in a GS Cup format, there are certain archetypes or restricted Pokemon that favor the use of Nishmans overall? I think so. I th- I think that. Um, uh, Nexus, as I I coined it, um, I think the Nexus is the new X-ray, in my opinion. <laughs> Going like from the 2016 X-ray, yeah. I think the um, Blue Moon as well, um, the Kyogre Lunala. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that was proved with Graham's Medicham, yeah. Um, because that that made total sense on that team and only on that archetype. Right. Um, I think there was so... another report that came out that had a Rabombi today too. So yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah is... exactly. Rabombi makes a lot of the sense point on is that made, team as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think I think the other one, but it's going back to Sun and Moon, um, is XY. I, mm. But I think that's also biased because I used it so much. <laughs> um, like, like, because I, I like the three I've, the three archetypes I've just said are the three main archetypes I've used through nineteen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like Blue Moon is Spandle three, XY was Sun and Moon, and Nexus is is Ultra. Um, so maybe there's a bit of bias there, but I think. That that may have been the reason that I gravitated towards those archetypes because I had the most freedom with them. I was gonna say like Xerneas in general. Like you have this Pokemon that it has such a capability to just win games on its own that if you support it well mm. enough, like it's gonna do that. And so if you can find these like random Pokemon that you know are really good at supporting one thing and one thing only, that's really all you need, especially in a format like this. So like. I, I thought it was yeah. like validating at least that you said two out of three of your answers were Xerneas, and so it's like I I think it's hard to argue against Xerneas being like the most well Xerneas like leading to ty- certain types of teams that are more focused on like one single win con in that Xerneas, uh, no, which would I be something that niche ones would support well. I, I think the use of Xerneas. Uh, just like opens up the entirety of fake out users yeah um it opens <laughs> up like especially in this format with incineroar and stack attacker 
the entirety of fighting type Pokemon, which we saw when Joseph took Gallade into like a, a, a final finish. And yeah, fi- fighting been... type is so legit. It's such a good type in in Ultra. right. Uh-huh. Definitely. So I, I think that like Xerneas in particular, when there, there's just like you know you can you can write on a single piece of paper like the things that you need to beat with supportive Pokemon to allow Xerneas to win the game by yeah. itself. And yeah. in that sense, I think it definitely lends itself to. Um, to, to Nishmans and like you mentioned Jamie with like the two uh, Eveltal, Xerneas being the one and then the Nexus as you called it and then going all the way back to X-Ray are all very like Zern heavy teams where you just kind of like use the extra restricted Pokemon to cover some of those you know matchups that already need to be covered mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah with the um, Kyogre Lunala one as well that's that focus is get Kyogre in Tailwind to Water Spout so mm-hmm. like that, that's a big focus and there's a lot of Pokemon that can help with that um, rather than just trying to set up the Xerneas just get that Kyogre in position yeah. um, in, like, as quickly as possible one thing that kind of keeps getting brought up is X-Ray and it's kind of tendency to attract these niche mods especially <laughs> back in 2016 when we affectionately referred to it as Dumpster Exodia and <laughs> like Jamie that's a team that you, you used a lot in 2016 like you and Baz both took it to uh, worlds and had top 16 and top 8 finishes and so yeah. back in 16 we had all these different Pokemon on X-Ray that were fitting well like uh, like you and Bazo's teams again are just good examples because both of you used some pretty off-color picks but you know if you look at X-Ray this year it's become one of the archetypes it, in my opinion at least that has about some of the least variation and like some of the least use of these outside Pokemon like Pato X-Ray was six pretty standard Pokemon. You can argue that Nightligo was an outside pick at the time, but then it became very standard after that. And so, you know, not a lot of variation from that standard in X-Ray this year. So I was wondering if you had any ideas as to what might have changed that might have caused, you know, this lack of uh, innovation with X-Ray this year compared to 2016. Uh, maybe because I wasn't building X-Ray? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, 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 to be fair, I, like, no, I, I, re- I really like, did try. Like, I, I actually the... tried. That's only like a half joking answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know it's it's quite it's quite amusing. Um, like I don't like the the best I came up with was like a Salazzle Bishop, um, Ditto, Tapacoco. I think was my best version of X-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, so like somewhat um, weird, but um, I, I I I don't understand what happened between sixteen and nineteen, mm-hmm. going from the dumpster Exodia, as you would say, to pretty much standard Pokemon. Um, it 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 it's, it has actually confused me why <laughs> it's gone to that extreme because like X Ray was definitely the archetype in sixteen with the most freedom. Yeah. Um. So, I I, th- I think I proved that with what I managed to win um a regional with. Right. Um, like, like it, Cot- Cotton is never winning a regional again. No. So. <laughs> Unless you decide to try it again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was the, yeah. so the entirety of that team? Like, Cottony wasn't even the only, like, weird Pokemon, too. It was, it was what? Like it was Infernape and... Rotowash, yeah, Infernape, Aegislash, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that like, is, um, four... Quite the combination. Three, maybe four yeah. Pokemon. Because I guess Infernape got top eight at Worlds that year, too. But, like... Yeah. Cottony, Rotowash, no one had touched those at all. <laughs> Especially Cottony, obviously, but... Yeah. Yeah. That's like X-Ray plus four weird mons, and then this year we have X-Ray plus four standard mons, and so it, it's just a weird difference. Like, I, I can't really pinpoint one thing either. I think maybe the fact that Ray has gone from kind of a more outside pick to, like, one of the best Pokemon in the format as well, that might have had something to do with it, because more people are, you know, using 
Rayquaza on standard-ish teams, which means they're more comfortable using Ray with other standard mons, possibly, but that's all that I could really come up with. I think Tapu Fini has a lot yeah, to do with it, too. That's a good point. Oh, I that's actually Tapu a really Fini, good point. That's fair. Tapu Fini is, like, a Pokemon that was, like, made to be on X-Ray yeah. in a lot of respects. Like, with all of the supportive options that it has, and then just, like, kind of being a water-type next to Ray. Yeah, I think... It just, it just, like, it was, it's like a match made in heaven, and I think Tapu Fini kinds of... Like, once you, once you have Xerneas, uh, Rayquaza, Tapu Fini... You're gonna add an Incineroar, right? <laughs> and then once you have an Incineroar and a Xerneas, you're gonna add an Amoongus. See, so, this is so exa like, exactly so the trap five, that I right. said you should avoid. <laughs> there's, there's five Pokemon right there, and I, I feel like that pretty that, that, that's what that's what it is to me, at least anyway. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I I have 42 Pokemon I can now put on X-ray, <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I think the immediate speed has actually helped it become more standard a lot more than you would think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because things like Choice Band has become a lot more viable. Right. Because you don't have to fear the timid Xerneas Moonblasting you immediately anymore. You can always just immediately outspeed it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that maybe that, like, it, it seems like a weird reason for something to go from, like, an archetype to go from off meta to standards mm -hmm. in a different season, but. I think that probably has contributed more than people think. I also, I think Feeny is also a really big contributor to that too. Like, a lot of like the weird meme mons on X-Ray used to be like random water types. Yeah. Just, yep. just for that option to like nuke Groudon with Ray. But like type of Feeny yeah. is so good <clears throat> in general. And then like as a consequence, it's also good on X-Ray and it happens to be a water type that can run a move to hit Groudon. And so yeah, I think... The lack of need for a, a random Pokemon in that slot is also kind of like reined it in, and I, I think once you get to Feeny, like Feeny supports some of the best mons so well. They're like, I, this is exactly the trap that you've been mentioning, Jamie. But like, it's so easy to just throw these other good mons next to it because you know they just pair what together so well, and everyone kind of knows how to do it already. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Did you know that Clawitza is much better than Feeny? Because it's got seventy-five percent heal pulse. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. got a much better heal pulse, and it gets <laughs> helping hand. So it's much better than Finny, and it's not weak to Gengar. That's so true. That's, oh, that's a big true. Yeah. You could probably knock it out with Dark Pulse, Katie. I think so. I don't. I don't think I've done that cow catch. That surprises me. <laughs> uh, well, it's but, 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 uh, you're probably good. I, I think. Well, I think you could. Yeah. Well, I'll do some cow exceptions. <laughs> Mega Launcher is pretty good. Yeah, it was. It's kind of a cool. I definitely loved that design when they released it. I think it's a little underpowered. They, it could used to be buffed a tiny bit. I think. Maybe give Clawitzer some stats. Cool Pokemon, though. Um, uh, <laughs> I had another qu Oh, um, so question. Um, there's a couple Pokemon, especially over the last couple seasons, that would be considered niche to the community, but are Pokemon that you've kind of been going back to, like Superior and, and Salazzle are the two that kind of jump out to me. So, so yes. you know, if I was to put that on a team, that would be a weird pick for me. But for you, these are like kind of Pokemon that have become part of your standard arsenal. So, like, what, what is it about maybe those Pokemon in particular or just, like, general things that you favor in some Pokemon that you would recycle them, you know, across formats or across teams instead of, like, you know, building to specifically find a niche for a Pokemon? I can tell you Superior's, like, straight away. I know exactly why I keep going back to Superior. Um, it's because I like my support Pokemon to be able to still do damage. Mm -hmm. And I also mm -hmm. separately like setup Pokemon. And Superior just happens to be this amazing support Pokemon with things like Glare, with the screens, with Taunt, mm -hmm. and also happens to be a setup Pokemon. Right. So, mm -hmm. like, that's combined really well. Like, pretty much my perfect Pokemon in Superior. Mm -hmm. um, like, 
it sucks in Ultra, and I'm so sad. <laughs> um, but I'm sure you'd at least one probably yeah. does like yeah. sixty to Kyogre. I, yeah, I was thinking it's, less it's, than it's that. Not worth. Yeah, plus two, it does sixty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's been since back in May. I think I've done that calc. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was. Um, but like Salazzle, it still does the damage it needs to to the Pokemon it needs yeah. to. Um, so, like, obviously it's going to counter Xerneas very well. It's one of the few Pokemon that can four times resist it, mm-hmm. um, even though it still usually gets two shot by Moonblast um, <laughs> at plus two. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. Because with, with Salazzle, I'd used it from from 2018 as well, so I was still... Right, so it's it's across it's, a res- I was still, an expanded format and a GS Cup format that it's seen use. Yeah, I, I was still using it to counter the fairy Pokemon, yeah. and now I just mm-hmm. happen to have to counter this even bigger fairy Pokemon. <laughs> so why not just keep using it because it still works exactly the same yeah. way that it that I that it had for the niche that I had previously. And then it just happened to roll on throughout the entire format that it still kept working in Sun, it still kept working in Moon, and it still works even better in Ultra now. So mm-hmm. um, it just happened to work out that way. And and, and people I, I think it's got to the point where it could probably be considered meme status about me saying that Salazel's better than Incineroar, <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't consider that mean. I am 100% serious every time I say that. Yeah. No, like, there are there are definitely people that are starting to come around. And I feel like that, that, yeah. that was going to be my next question for you is there's been a couple of instances like over the course of your career where your teams have kind of like redefined or drifted towards the meta to a point where people are actually using them. And the, the Raichu, uh, the static Raichu team is the first one that comes to mind. But what what about like, you know, those teams that other people have picked up and started to play like, like, what is it about those teams that speaks to, to people that wouldn't otherwise be, like, you know, seen building with those Pokemon? So I'm not really sure, because most of the times my successful Boit teams can only be used by Boits. <laughs> and, and like, wh- whenever I see people use my teams on Showdown after I've released a report or something, um, everyone's playing it wrong. <laughs> like, like ve- very wrong. You idiots. Um, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, kind of, yeah. Um... <laughs> I, 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 I guess because I'm so used to countering the standard stuff, I have flowcharts against the standard, and then it's interesting to see people not use those flowcharts because they don't know. Right. Um, I think that's the most interesting thing about people using my teams. But I don't think there's been... Like, you said the Static Raichu team. That ended up being meta in Australia of all places for months. Oh, and I, don't, well, and I, I don't thought know it was what, a little like, bit more widespread than that. Okay, no, it doesn't well, count if like, it's like, just like, Australia. Like, <laughs> like, like in maybe the month after it won, but apparently, like... Throughout the entire year, that team was still being used in 2016 in Australia. Well, I mean, Australia yeah, is definitely um, so the Jamie of continents, so that kind of. And even at the but... beginning, at the beginning of Ultra in 2019, there were people that were using it on low ladder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that that team in particular is the one that I always think about because it got to a point in 2000, like in a certain point in 2016, when I was just like thunderbolting the slot next to Raichu, <laughs> not even caring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah no, like I, I think the biggest crime for me that I should, like, I should have had the most influence for was my um, third regional win with my mixed Tapu Koko. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I am astounded how that didn't pick up. I kind of Like, I too. understand, I, I, I know the reason. In, Intimeral was released two weeks after I won. Uh, but that'll, yeah. that'll do but that, that's actually, that was actually a good thing for it because you just switch in the Koko on the Incineroar. They still don't mm-hmm. think you can Oko them, and because you've switched in on them at neutral, you then Oko them with the Z Wild Charge. Like that—that that is the biggest crime that I, I think that I've experienced in BGC. I have n- like I—I am absolutely adamant. I broke the meta with that mixed Coco, <laughs> and just no one—no one believed me. 
And like, I, I, I'm, I'm astounded <laughs> by it. That kind of leads us into That's another the... question, though. Like, uh, these Pokemon like Mix Z Coco or you know your Superior Salazzle, in general across you know all the VGC formats, current or past, what have been some of your favorite of these niche mons to use or, or see use? You know, not necessarily have to be your own, but you know, like, are there have there been any that you've liked playing the most? Have there been any that you've seen other people use and thought, oh, that's really cool, that have stood out more than the others? I, th- I think I think we like we touched on the Slazzle, yeah. Superior, Cottony, etc. Like th- those are the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I have a newfound um, love for Breloom now after Worlds. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. it, it it was the MVP of my um, Worlds run, and I'm really sad that I have to get rid of it to improve my matchups. <laughs> um, going into post Worlds, um, my f- like my favorite niche mon that I've ever used was only at a primary challenge. It was back in 2016. It was a Vigoroth. Oh. Vigoroth, Vigoroth was definitely my favorite niche one. I, I'm, I'm going to shamelessly plug my YouTube channel because I've got an amazing video of Vigoroth like absolutely bossing this game. Let me, it was, can I it try was to amazing. guess what it did? So, okay. like, obviously, yeah, get, get, guess the Vital Spirit because of Smeargle, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Vital Spirit because of yeah. Smeargle, yeah. Does it have taunt? Yes, it had taunt. Okay. Did it, does it yawn? It didn't have yawn, no. Uh, it doesn't have fake out, right? No. No. Does it have seismic toss? Uh... Probably from Fire Red, but oh, I don't yeah. think in BGC. Uh, I wonder what. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, okay so the, the, the set was Icy Wind, because that's obviously a good one. It, it has um, Icy Wind? Oh, yeah, God. it has Icy Wind. <laughs> um, so, so Icy Wind Taunt, Raw, because Raw. And <laughs> oh, also, Roar. And, uh, and also Second Raw. Uproar. Oh my god! Oh, so it kept every, so it kept the partner. So, so yeah, so so it, it, it oh so, it, so it, yeah, it, it, it could never be put to sleep by Smeagol, and it could keep everything awake as oh well. Oh my god, I love that. It, it immediately. So like, yeah. if your partner's asleep, using a partner immediately wakes it up, right? Yes, <laughs> it so does. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, I, yeah, go and check out my YouTube channel, Shameless. Um, it like I think it's Vigoroth best BGC sixteen. I think it's called or something like that, and it's like the third match in the video. Uh-huh. Um, like the the, the Vigoroth stays on the field. I think it's for like thirteen turns <laughs> and does and and does something useful every single that's turn. Like it, it it was amazing. Like that's that's definitely like it, it's it was only in one tournament, but that's definitely my my favorite niche pick that I've used. Yeah. Um, I think I think I think pro- probably the most obvious uh, niche pick that someone else has used. But I think it, it, it's obvious at this point is the Pachirisu that won 2014 Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that is just like the pinnacle of, of niche mon pick um, because it managed to win the biggest tournament there is. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm quite sad that I don't think I'll ever be able to match that. So <laughs> I'm sure you could. You have some time. <laughs> you say that. This this is probably my last serious year competing. I mean, you said that so. last year. Everyone says that every no. year. <laughs> no one actually. No, but this is this is actually this is actually <laughs> oh, my last. At some year. point, at some point, we all have to leave Neverland. Jake. <laughs> That's what it comes down uh-huh. to. Um, I had another. Oh, in 2016, sorry, Vigoroth, you made me think of it. You used Surskit too, <laughs> didn't you? Oh, of course. Uh, in, two, in in 2017, I did. Um, in 2017 was... or 16? No, 17. Oh, 17. Did I use it in okay. 16? But I was using Walterium Swiftsome one in 17. Oh, really? Did I use it in 16? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. think I used it in 16. I can't remember. Did it have webs or was maybe it just, you know, your somebody else. Swift it was like, it, it has a uh, power split. So you can like power split the legendaries <laughs> and like make them do less damage. That's that's funny. <laughs> no, yeah, the, the 17 one had Hydro Pump with Z, Lunge, Sticky Web Protect, I think. 
Oh, sticky web. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. gonna say. I'm trying to. I was trying to think of what its swift swim niche or what it, what its niche would be outside of just obviously yeah, doing. Yeah. Yeah. De- definitely niche. sticky web. Yeah. Yeah. Surskit. Good Pokemon. Good Pokemon. <laughs> uh, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I believe it's time to play a little game, Jamie. And this is a surprise that we had been hinting at. And I'm gonna let Brendan explain. Oh, here we go. So. What we decided to do is right now I have a random number generator that's open and it is generating between 1 and 809. So I am going to randomly generate a Pokemon and I want you to take that Pokemon and find a niche for it. Uh, A niche in Ultra or a niche in any format? We can do any. Let's let's talk about GS Cup a little bit and then we'll just kind of like apply it to the wider world, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. I'm going to generate. Okay, the number is 706. Oh, I think we know this one. We had it recently on our... Um, uh, Gudra. Okay, so Gudra is something that's... Let's talk about just Ultra. That, that's kind of a boring one, but... Just just Ultra. Um, just you Ultra. Definitely, you definitely need to have, um, give it faints. Okay. Um, okay. That would be the main reason to run Gudra. Like, you'd use it as a wall for non-Xerneas. Like, it, it would wall the primals... Like special Groudon's yeah. um, um, Kyogre, um, definitely not physical. Um, the only thing is you can't Dragon Tail away as yeah. is, so it's not very useful yeah, in that regard. The slu- Sludge Bombs won't do too much. Um, it gets really good coverage, so you'd be able. I, I I don't think like as a Pokemon on its own you'd be able to work out its move set, but when you have the other five Pokemon, yeah. you'll know what moves you need um, to fill the slot because you you will run Assault Vest. Um, there's no mm-hmm. reason not to for Gudra because um, you use it. In non Xerneas matchups, and even then, it would probably easily tank the plus two move. It probably wouldn't do too much back to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that you definitely use faint on that assault vest set to make it have its niche. Can it take an unboosted dragon ascent? Do you think? Um, that might be because I feel like <laughs> like it, its HP is decent, like to go with its special defense. But then its defense is is and pretty low. Good. Yeah. Um, I I think you'd have to like invest everything into defenses to live. I, uh, my, my benchmark is always life orb percent rather than um, max ascent, but because you don't really get a, ma- a max just two five two dragon ascent at this point, mm-hmm. you either get like a four one or I think it's one hundred and sixteen for the bulky berry that's Oko's Incineroar plus one. Um, but you don't really see Sash Rayquaza anymore, um, so you don't right. really see a two five two Rayquaza. So I don't use that as a benchmark anymore. I use the life orb one if I'm going for benchmarks like that, and I don't think Gudra could without serious investment. Gotcha. Oh, well, and and, it, and it's going to be like a, a spore switch in as well. Oh, Sap yeah. oh, that's mm-hmm. right, because yeah, you'd have no reason to run anything other than Sap Zipper, I would think. I, I don't know, Gooey actually is, is not too bad. Because then even if you take the Dragon Ascent, then you'll slow... You'll, yeah, you take the Dragon Ascent, you'll slow the Rayquaza down slower than the Gudra, so you can hit it twice with a Dragon Move. And then get knocked out go. by an easy. <laughs> no, that's where you run Lele, of course. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so, so, sorry, we're talking niche ones. That's why you run Bruxish, of course. <laughs> or Serena. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not. That's a little too standard. Okay, I'm gonna do the next generation. Okay, two seventy three. That's gotta be Hoenn, right? That's yeah. definitely Hoenn. Yeah. C dot. <laughs> so, oh, here we go. Oh, that's gonna that's gonna be a tough well, one. Well, it, it's 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 chlorophyll, so it can pair with Groudon. Okay. Um, can it do anything once it's moving fast though? Is it outspeeding anything with the chlorophyll boost? There's uh, that's a good question. question. Um. <laughs> Let's. How about how about we apply it to I the line? Don't. So like we could talk about Shiftry instead. That might actually be a more interesting. Uh, well, the thing that came to my mind was like Shiftry gets beat up. Does C dot get beat up? 
So could you like lead C dot Groudon <laughs> and switch Groudon immediately uh, into a justified Pokemon and Psyche yes. up? See that does get beat up. Yep, it's uh Ah, oh, nailed it. <laughs> there it is. It. <laughs> it is. It's base 30 speed, though. I'm not sure it's actually going to be outspeeding anything. Oh, base 30, okay. Um, yeah, so we might have yeah, to that's, use that's... Uh, Nuzzle. Oh, uh, yeah, that, well, yeah that, that will under that will underspeed Coke. No, that's that's 90 at max speed, because that's what Snorlax right. is at max speed. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, that that's not even outspeeding Rayquaza. <laughs> uh, so. Poor C that. So we'd, ha- we'd have to evolve it at least once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, Sh- Shifri's a, b- a better dark fake animal than Incineroar, so oh my God. I-, I would definitely evolve it. It's so controversial. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but I'm right. Alright, you want to do one more? Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah, go for it. Here we go. Okay, the next one, 735. So that's a little... Uh... Gumshoes! Oh. So I-, I think Gumshoes... There-, there was a set that was like Last Resort Normalium. Protect, and that was mm-hmm. like those two moves. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so, so then you'd still be able to have the nuke of the adaptability normalium, but then still have a nuke that isn't Giga Impact afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that that's that's Gumshoes. Like, I, I, I think that was a 2017 Trick Room team I saw. I'm pretty sure that's the only real reason why you'd run Gumshoes. That's awesome. I'd, I'd never even thought of that. Does it have a neat, like, is there anything that it can do in Ultra that would make it at all useful? I mean, Probably it gets has roar. yawn. I'm pretty sure it gets I was roar. Say, does it get roar? Yeah, I'm looking through its set. It has yawn. Yeah, um, it has taunt. It has roar. It has roar. Yeah. yeah. It has fling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's has... a bit too slow for fling, isn't it? It's like 45 yeah. speed, is it? There's bulldoze. It has. It has super fang. True. Yeah. So like, super fang. Super fang's good for fast Pokemon, though. So you can right. run it in trick but room, it won't I take guess. hits. I... Yeah, you can I mean, actually, it. wait, no, no. It get, d- does um, does Strong Jaw Crunch get Lunala through Shadow Shield? Ooh. Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> it's basically no, like with, with a with no with a boosting. Hunt. No, it's got decent. Attack. It's one ten. I can't like. Yeah, like, yeah I, I, not... I, I I consider any anything over a hundred yeah. decent. Like, oh, that, okay. that that that's as strong as Incineroar. So, huh. you know, that's true. But does Incineroar get Lunala with the boosting item? I, I mean, with the, cho- with, the cho- with the choice band, it should, right? I don't oh, imagine. Okay. With Maybe Larry, with the choice yeah. band. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. There you go. So Trick Room and then Strong Jaw Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. You know, I, I like them shoes. So let me go dump that into the real quick. <laughs> okay. Um, um, so the last part of this, or second to last part, so Jake doesn't yell at me, um, uh, is <laughs> we asked you to prepare a question for us. Uh, so, yes. Jamie, the floor is yours. Okay, so I'm I'm not going to ask about Pokemon. That's it's okay. going completely out, uh, away. Please. Okay, so as you know, I am British. Yes. Mm-hmm. As I hope you are aware, you are not British. That is correct. So, so what is <laughs> what is your outsider perspective of how amusing Brexit has been? Ooh, okay. I've so I started abroad in England for six months in the first half of 2017, which was right after Donald Trump was elected, and so mm-hmm. whenever I was in England, and people would be like. Oh, oh, so you elected Trump. I just mentioned Brexit and they would shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Entirely. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I re- yeah, go ahead. Re- I mean, personally I remember like hearing about it and again that was like the whole thing was around the same time that Donald Trump was elected. So it was like, oh, all of a sudden we have something that's a little bit more pressing domestically than to, you know, worry about <laughs> what's going on across the pond. Um, but it's funny because we both have, you know, blonde uh, head of state 
you know, <laughs> <laughs> blonde head of states that are okay, slightly yeah, that, that's, that's, that's one way of saying it, yeah. yeah. But the, the, the amazing thing for me is um, Brexit has actually benefited me because we win Pokemon money in dollars, and the pound got a lot worse when Brexit oh. happened, or uh-huh. was, was voted for, so, like, I, I actually earn more money through Pokemon than I would have done without Brexit, <laughs> so... That's, that's funny. That's, that's... That, that's one of the, I'm not going to say few positives, but one of the few positives <laughs> from Brexit <laughs> um, that I've been able to find. That's actually like a really funny little quirk. That's like something that would show up in like a, like an op-ed as somebody that's sarcastically mentioning the positives yeah. to Brexit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't like Local kept... Brit Jamie Boyd. <laughs> I haven't kept, you know, too close of a, an eye on Brexit because it doesn't really affect me and there's other domestic political issues that are more pressing and to mm-hmm. me at least but I, I do think it's funny that there's so many parallels between brexit and the 2016 election here in that the, yes, the yep. vote was pretty much split right down the middle between like young and old people on average and mm-hmm. that's like a, a, a dynamic that i found interesting was that you know like our generation was very strongly in favor of one thing and the older generation was very strongly in favor of the opposite I think in both cases, the older the older generation won out largely because they're like more likely to vote. <laughs> I think is one thing that it boiled down yes. to. That, that's, think, that was definitely the case for yeah. Brexit as well. We we had a lot of young voters not mm-hmm. turn up. Yeah, and I I think that at least in the U.S., I guess I, I and it seems kind of like there was a sentiment with Brexit as well as there was a whole kind of like underlying sentiment of like it'll never actually happen. <laughs> this can't. Possibly, I mean, it hasn't happened this can't yet. Possibly <laughs> actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, for the for the right, votes right. at least. I mean, like I remember thinking, and you know, I I voted in the presidential election, but I remember people that you know hadn't registered to vote or whatever were just like, it's not a big deal. Like Trump's not going to yeah. get elected, and, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Good question, though. I don't think we've ever actually talked about anything like super. That's, that's like the most uh, mainstream topic yeah. discussed on this <laughs> podcast. So, <laughs> well, you're, it, I'm, I'm glad it was a good question. Yeah. Though. All right. Our final little mini segment, as always, is music. My recommendation this time around is an album called Asylum by Arizona that was just released. I was forced to go see them at ACL with a friend last year, Austin City Limits Music Festival. Um, And they were really good and I loved them. And so I've been following them since and they just released an album after a few singles earlier this year. So it's called Asylum. Band is Arizona. I recommend. And Jake, I'm noticing that you didn't spell the band name correctly. It's okay. Listen, it's like all caps (laughs) with spaces in between each letters is how it's like listed as the band name. And as we were typing out this script, I didn't feel like typing all that out. So I just wrote it as the word. Uh, It's a lack of communication. (laughs) Also, when they introduced themselves at ACL, they said, we are Arizona, the band, not the state. And I found that funny because they are not Mm -hmm. from Arizona. You have to clarify. It's really important. I expected an entire state to be up on stage, and I just saw four people, and I was like, well, I want my money back. Now, were you disappointed, or were you relieved? I don't know. <laughs> I'm in Texas. It's Arizona could have fit. That's true. <laughs> um, so I'm going to continue on. I think I recommended some sort of like old pop punk band again, and I'm remaining on that kick here, but this one's a little bit more modern than like an old Andrew McMahon project. Um, the band is called The Dangerous Summer. I started listening to them like way back in like high school, um, and they just recently released an album, which is why I've been listening to them a little bit more recently. But the album that I listened to back in the day, which I think is still their best, is called Reach for the Sun. Uh, good band, in my opinion. Okay, and um, I'm going to be super cheeky here. I'm not going to recommend a song. I'm going to recommend an entire genre. <laughs> 
metal music. I kind of expected <laughs> that. So, 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 so many people are put off by, oh, it's just all the time. And it's mm-hmm. very much not. Like, there is that part to metal music. There is so much more. Like, if, if you put off by the vocals, there's so much mm-hmm. singing involved in metal. You just need to explore. Um, mm-hmm. I will put out a song recommendation. I, I keep trying to find a song that, like, represents what I think of as, like, good music mm-hmm. for me. Um, away from all the just shouting music. Um, I'm still yet to find the perfect one, but the one I'm listening to a lot at the moment that I think fits quite well is um, Wings of Madness by Serenity. Um, so you're, that's so a you're very epic to, like, song. You're trying to like find a, a type of metal that will appeal to more mainstream music listeners as like a gateway into the genre. Yes, like I, okay. I've come so close. I found I found a band that I thought would be perfect. It's kind of like got some electronic parts and stuff, but it's still got that harsh vocal element because there's three vocalists: a female clean, a male clean, and then a harsh vocalist. So then that harsh vocalist just ruins the <laughs> perfect band to recommend. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with Wings of Madness by Serenity well, for now. I will say I fully expected Floor Jansen to leave your lips. Yeah, I was actually really surprised that that wasn't what came up. Oh, I was, I was considering that, I wish. Don't, don't you worry. Well, I'm glad at least we don't have to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carly Rae forever. Um, yeah, she's not a queen. Oh, no. We need to end this now before we're gonna take this. We're going to take this off mic. We're going to take this off mic. <laughs> um, so that's going to wrap up our second segment uh, for our episode nine here. Um, a big thank you to Jamie for coming yeah. on to his show. This is uh, a segment that we've been talking about for a couple weeks, but because Jamie's been going to bed at a reasonable hour, How uh, it's been hard to schedule across <laughs> our like transatlantic uh, time zone. So we're finally able to make it work here. And uh, I think this was a really good episode. Yeah, no, thanks a lot, Jamie, for coming. We're you know happy that you stayed up a little late for us. We appreciate it. And yeah. It's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything's yeah, fine. This was a lot of fun, and I'd, I'd be happy to come back on whenever Yay. you want. So next week, awesome. tomorrow, <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Right now, now, now we'll t- we'll talk about standard there we Pokemon go. Yeah. this time. Yeah, you can spread the anti-standard <laughs> propaganda. Um, <laughs> any like final words for the audience before we rack, wrap? Where might up? we be able to find you on the internet? Uh, my Twitter handle is jamieboytbgc. Um, I've got a YouTube channel that's just jamieboyt. Um, I post very infrequently now because I'm in the process of becoming a teacher and have no Ooh. free time at all. Um, but I've, well, that's where I put all my team reports from um, my successful teams from past formats, so they're all archived. Go and check out Vigoroth Best VGC 16. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's the main things that I want to plug. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for coming on. We are going to wrap up this second segment here, and Jake and I will step away for just a few seconds and come back with our weekly wrap-up. But again, big thank you to Jamie, and stay with us for just a couple seconds. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us through Jake's musical uh, interlude. Um, <laughs> again, thanks for joining us for episode nine this week. We're really pleased with what we put together uh, with Jamie. And obviously he's a super interesting person to talk about and provides insight on this particular topic, like to a level that literally nobody else can. Like it's like, it's his thing. So I'm not sure that really anyone else could have that. done that. 
I mean, you, other people can try, but I, I think that, like, nobody can talk about niche Pokemon and then have a resume to back it up as well as Jamie can. Is, is yeah, Jamie is often imitate, often, oh, that was going to be so good and I just messed it up. I, I knew what you were, like, going for. Often imitated, never replicated is what I was go. trying I knew, to say. I, and that would have been perfect, but I just had to go and mumble and, uh, whatever. Words are hard, Subscribe, Jamie. follow words us on hard. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've already got, I believe, our guest booked for the next episode, so be looking yeah. forward to that in uh, one to two weeks. I think We're, we, we might aim to, you know, release we it. We vaguely, so briefly early. discussed releasing <laughs> it early, but please, nobody hold us to that. Life is hard. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> scheduling is hard. It's just like big, uh, I'm fine. <laughs> so, um, Are you? So yeah, Are so we? we'll have episode ten coming out within the next one to two weeks. <laughs> um, again, we're kind of emphasizing the second half of our show at this point, and I think episode 10 will definitely be sticking to those guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. It should be a really cool topic to talk about and something you know, that has been relevant you know, within the last couple weeks. And, then, and you know, controversial, other, too. Yeah, exactly, and at other points in VGC history as well. So yeah. it'll I be fun to talk about and yeah. something that I'm not sure that many people have talked about before, which will be pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't think it's really been publicly addressed other than like whining on Twitter. Um, right. and I think this is like the first time that, uh, and, you know, we talked about like circuit structure and stuff like that, but I don't think that like, you know, it's, it's controversial to say that there need to be changes, but anyway, right. you, there are definitely two sides to this argument. Um, so we'll try to explore that a little yeah. bit. Uh, during our I can't wait episode. to get canceled for, for like for you to get canceled. Like you want me well, to cancel me you? personally, the, the show to get canceled. Jake, I just, canceled. I live for drama. You're canceled, Jake. Oh, no. Can cancel culture is alive and well here <laughs> on Soundproof. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll be back soon uh, with episode 10. Uh, so continue to follow us on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram, wh whatever, the, whatever the heck social media we have at this point. And then, of course, you can find our uh, podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. That'll do it for us for episode 9. <laughs> For Brendan Lewis and Jake Muller, that's it.